Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on Friday morning, every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. And uh, you can find it also later on the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. Uh, and you can find it on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And we have a, an app for our church, Crossway Church, app for your smartphones. And there you can listen to it. If you have a Roku at home, just look for the channel sermon.net. And you can find Crossway Church and just click on it. And it'll be one of your uh, favorites. And uh, our messages are stored there for a year. And also uh, that you can watch live and, uh, and you can give at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And I appreciate all those of you who do. And I started using my Spreaker uh, device to record besides the camera and the other things I use so that just like yesterday, I had about a two-minute and something uh, delay because my batteries went out again, having problems with the rechargeable batteries. So uh, if anything like that ever happens, you can go to the Spreaker app and look up for those who have ears to hear. That's my channel on Spreaker, and you can hear it because this thing's recording no matter what this stuff's doing. So uh, praise the Lord for learning as we go. And... Uh, Again, uh, make sure you avail yourself to the avenues through which we uh, push the gospel. We publish the Word of God uh, as truth in its righteous context out to a world, a lost world in a backslidden church. And again, every Friday morning at 9 a.m. right now here in the studio, we're discussing righteousness. Mondays and Thursdays at 8.30 a.m. live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page, we are... Uh, in the book of Romans, teaching Romans, and we are in chapter 7 right now. So uh, I encourage you to be with us live if you can. If you can't, avail yourself to where these teachings and preaching uh, ministry of Crossway Church is uploaded. And you will be blessed if you love the Word of God, if you love the truth. Amen? Amen. So today, we're going to begin today in our study on righteousness, the righteousness of God, in Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, that's where we're going to begin, Ephesians chapter 6, just one verse there, not going to get into teaching on the, the entirety of the armor of God, love teaching on it, love hearing it taught, love learning about the armor of God because every piece of it points to Christ and something uh, that he offered us through his death at Calvary, every single piece of armor uh, can only be worn and experienced through faith in the very death of Jesus at Calvary. But this morning, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, the Bible says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now again, the only way that the child of God can stand is if they have on the loin girt, and it's, and it's truth. The loin belt is described as truth. It is the most essential thing in our walk with God. It is the truth that points to Christ because He is the truth and it is what He did at Calvary that makes Him the truth in any aspect, in any way to anyone. It's not just Jesus. It's Jesus as the Son of God and the Lamb of God. And without that last part, the Lamb of God, He's absolutely nothing to anyone. Even the child of God who's been born for 40 years, it makes no difference. If your faith is not in Jesus as the Lamb of God, you will not understand the Word of God and you will not have the experience of God that maybe you're deceived and you think you have or maybe you're wondering why you don't have Listen, the answer is Christ and Him crucified. That's what makes Jesus, who is the truth, the experiential truth to anybody, not just saying the word Jesus, not just going to church, not just doing the, the religious things, but having our faith, that means from the heart, who we are, believing unto His righteous work at Calvary. So let's read that again. Ephesians 6.14, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth 
and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now notice this, without the loin belt of truth, there will be no breastplate of righteousness. The one brings forth the other. Jesus, as the truth, who went to Calvary and died in our stead, offers us his righteousness through what he did at Calvary. That means dying for our sins, to put our sin nature away, to put the guilt, the shame, and all the condemnation of sin away. It's the truth of who Jesus is that gives us his righteousness when we believe in him and what he did at Calvary. And that's not just to get you in, my friend. That's daily. Every day our faith is to never be moved from the cross so that we can experience the very fruits of his righteousness. And, and, and you know, here at Crossway Church now for a little while, uh, the, we have taught what the Lord has given us in Proverbs 8 and 8. Let's just turn over there and look at that this morning, why don't we? That's really probably what triggered this entire teaching on uh, righteousness. And it doesn't matter who else is not teaching this. All that matters is the Holy Spirit offering it to you. Doesn't matter if this preacher and that preacher. Listen, don't worry about other preachers. What's God offering you today? You're tuned in here. What's God offering you today? No matter what this day is. Listen, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. How about that? You say, okay. No, you don't understand if you just say, okay. Every word God has ever spoken, the entirety of your Bible, if you believe it, is the Word of God. Everything God gave man to write. All the Bible, every word spoken is in righteousness. And that's also the only place the fruit of the Spirit can take place. I want to give you a new scripture this morning. Hadn't even shared this with the folks of Crossway Church yet, but I'm sure I will soon. Listen to this. Ephesians 5 and 9 says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in. See that little two-letter word? Eliminates every place else other than where God in His Word is telling us the fruit of the Spirit is located. Now notice, He's already told us in Proverbs 8 and 8, every word He's ever spoken is in righteousness. It's located. It is. All the words of God are truth, but they're located in righteousness. That means only through faith in the gospel because Romans 1:16 and 17 says the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. That means God's word is only understood and properly received and experienced as our faith is in the word of God in its gospel context. That's the righteous context. It's the only place righteousness is experienced. I know this is a, a head shaker. I know this is a, a something that will make you shake and because I've not heard this and I don't know what to do with this. Listen, you better just believe it because it's the Bible. I'm sorry for 2,000 years this has not really been out on the, plat, on the platform. It's not been on the table, but it is today. God's offering you something today to help you. What does God do to those who are off the path of righteousness? He can only point them to the path of righteousness. What does He do for those who are on the path of righteousness? He continually confirms with His words of truth that are in righteousness to those who are on the path of righteousness that they are on the path of righteousness, which is the path of the just. And Proverbs 4.18 says that the path of the just shines more unto that perfect day. He's revealing to those who he's able to bring back to the path of righteousness and awaken to his righteousness. And you better be one of them, my friend, because there wasn't many in Noah's day and there was one preacher of righteousness and Jesus said when he comes, it's going to be like the days of Noah. There's going to be, very, there's going to be lots of preachers, but there's going to be very few preaching the righteousness of God. And there's mostly just going going to be people that don't give one out a flip about that. And I'm talking about people even who go to church every week. 
They're not really going to care about the righteousness of God. I've done my duty. I've sat in my pew. I've read my chapter. I've put money in the plate. What about God's righteousness? That's what he's wanting to see. That's what he's looking for. You remember the story of uh, God, uh, the Lord in his pre-incarnate form in the Old Testament in Genesis 18 when he showed up to Abraham. We discussed this at prayer last Monday night. He, he, listen, the Lord was looking for one thing in Sodom and Gomorrah. One thing. Righteousness. That's what he's looking for today. In the church, he's looking for righteous fruit. That's not my fruit. That's the fruit of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit. So watch this. Ephesians 5, 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. I'm giving you something powerful this morning. I hope you're getting it. I hope you'll let what you've been taught, I hope you'll let some of that stuff that's not been scriptural just go out the window. But the only way you can let it go out the window is if you're accepting what's real and true in the window. Think about that. You don't just decide to let go of false doctrine. You've got to grab a hold of truth before false doctrine will let go of you. I want you to know that. That false doctrine's killing you and it ain't going to let go of you and you're not going to let go of it until you grab a hold of truth. Watch this. For the fruit of... I'm going to read it again. It's good stuff when you hear it in its context. For the fruit of the Spirit is in. It's in a place. This is how we know them by their fruits, Matthew 7, 20. Specifically there, Jesus teaching on how we know false prophets. How we know false prophets. It doesn't matter if they smile and pay your electric bill and put gas in your car for you. It doesn't matter if they're doing those things that seem This is good this morning. This is good this morning. You got three, you got three things listed here to know if their fruit is of God, if it is the Spirit of God's fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is in a place. It's in all goodness, but oh, but just because it looks good, no, that ain't it. You got two more. It's in righteousness and it's in truth. That means. The message is Christ and Him crucified. The works are a result of faith in that. That's the fruit of the Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit can't have fruit anywhere else. He can't have fruit. The Holy Spirit cannot have fruit anywhere outside of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Outside of that, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. See, the, how we know them by their fruits is not what they're doing for people. Lost people can do good things. False prophets are doing good things for people. That's how they're holding them. Steady. Giving them positions in their churches or, or paying their light bills. Or, or Nothing wrong with any of that. But how we know not only false prophets by their fruit, but anybody is... This scripture right here will help you tremendously because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, it's in righteousness, and it's in truth. Truth is Jesus and what He did at the cross. Righteousness only comes through your faith in Jesus and what He did at the cross, not just the first time to get you saved, but to keep you saved and to have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is righteous fruit. The fruit of Christ's righteousness that only comes to us by the grace of God, Galatians 2.21, through our faith in the death of Jesus. See, we've already talked about enough to let you go. The, the, the post of your temple have already shaken today. The po I mean, the post of the temple in your heart. Your heart has already been shaken today. This is good stuff. This, this is what we're going to be hearing in these last few vapors of moments that we have before Jesus comes for his bride. And not everybody that thinks they're the bride is going. I got news for you. 
There's a whole lot of faking. There's a whole lot of faith and a whole lot of other things other than Christ. There's a whole lot of virgins who do not have oil in the lamp. The fruit of the Spirit is the proof there's oil in the lamp. And that fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Remove any one of them, and it's not the fruit of the Spirit. Remove any one of them. And if you remove any one of them, it's because an individual's faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ anymore. Oh, glory to God, this is good. Oh, this is good. Let's get back to where we were. Y'all made me chase a rabbit trail there. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 again. Stand therefore. This is not one way to stand and there's another way to stand. No, this is exclusively the way to stand. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Again, without the truth, the experience of righteousness will not be there. Think about the born-again experience. When we were born again, it's because from the heart we believed unto the truth that was being given us that was unto righteousness. The truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary and the one that knew no sin became our sin offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him all because of the sacrifice. But that's not just a, a one-time deal. That was just the initial experience of being born again. Now you and I must deny ourselves of whatever will hinder us from maintaining our faith in that sacrifice daily to be able to follow Jesus so that we will have the light of the world and not walk in darkness. John 8, 12, Jesus promised that. Those that follow him, first of all, got to take up the cross. Deny themselves, take up a cross. We'll not walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. That, we're talking about experience there. And although we as children of God are righteous in Christ, thank God for that in our position, God's looking for fruit. God's looking for fruit. And just sitting back and saying, well, everything's okay, everything's all right because I'm in Christ, I'm at the right hand of the Father. No, God's looking for fruit. Remember, Jesus taught, if fruit is refused to be bare, every branch in me that bears not fruit abides not in me, my Father's going to pluck it out. Just Listen, to confess Words that are true about you does not put you in a place that's pleasing to God. Well, so when you're living in sin, living in a state of disobedience, just to declare that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ and I'm at the right hand of the Father in Christ, you're just declaring factual situations about yourself that are true. But if you're doing that to avoid getting obedient, repenting and getting obedient, then you're in the grace revolution movement because that's what they do. That's not what we do. It's good to know that I'm in Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, but if I'm speaking those things, saying those things, just so I can keep, stay where I'm at instead of fighting the good fight of faith, instead of believing God to see His goodness deliver me from this place and experiencing the, liber the liberty that the truth gives me, if I'm just declaring that and not repenting, being broken and repenting and moving into a place of obedience, then I'm in the grace revolution. That's what they do. They think you just confess who you are in Christ and you don't need to repent. No, repent means, and it is something we do. Read the book of Revelation. If you don't, you might find yourself at the wrong judgment when this thing's all over. It ain't about you confessing who you are in Christ. Thank God we can do that. But if that doesn't result in a broken heart, a repentant heart, and a change of mind and purpose and a going in the right direction, which is the righteous path of God, where it's the fruit of the Spirit, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I feel good about myself now. I confess who I am in Christ. God's looking for fruit. Again, read Revelation 3, verses 1 through 6 to the church in Sardis. 
You have a name, you're alive, but I say you're dead. And it's not what you say. It's not what the church thinks. It's not what the community thinks. It's what the Lord shows up and says. You've got a name, you're alive, but you're dead. Your works are not perfect before me. What's a perfect work? A work he's allowed to do. And for the Lord to tell his church they're dead, that means they're denying the one who is life. Professing they know God, but denying him in their works. Works that are without him. He tells them, you better repent and get back to the place where you heard and received. Where was that? At the cross. Without faith in the cross, it's just us. And we've stepped into a place of being dead again. Oh, but the church, that must mean there were lost people in the church. That couldn't have been. No, no see, there's so much heresy in the church today. Listen, and you need to write this down today. Psalms 94, 15. Let's just go there and look at it. Make sure we get every word right. What did I say? Pro, did I say? Yes, yeah, Psalms 94.15. Let's go there today. I want to show you something. You're going to like this. Psalms 94.15. Now watch this. Now remember, we're living in the last few vapors of moments before Christ comes. The Bible says in the New Testament, the ends of the world have come upon us, meaning age. The ends of the ages have come upon us. The end of this age have come upon us. That's what it says in the New Testament. We've been living in the last days since Jesus came, gave his life, was buried and resurrected, and ascended back into heaven. Hear me. We're living in the last few vapors of moments. Uh, listen, what do they say, man? You're just living on vapors? Is that what they say? You're just riding on vapors? or You know, when you're almost out of gas, man, we're just running on vapors here. Yeah. Jesus is about to come, and he said when he does, it's going to be as in the days of Noah. Uh -huh. People marrying, giving in marriage, going about their bit. They ain't worried one thing about the righteousness of God. As I said earlier, they may be in church every week. Church in Sardis had a name they were alive, but the Lord said they were dead. You know what that means if the Lord tells you you're dead as a child of God? You don't have any oil in your lamp. You know what happens to the folks who don't have oil in their lamp? When the groom comes, they don't go. Oh, no, we don't believe that, Brother Curtis. That just goes against once saved, always saved. Well, once saved, always saved is in the Bible. We have eternal security but it's conditional eternal security, not unconditional eternal security. The Bible bears that out. And to hang on to some heresy like that, Galatians chapter 5 says that heresy, which that doctrine is, false doctrine, is a work of the flesh. Because that's something we want to believe. But it doesn't bear witness in the Scriptures. Watch this now. Psalm 94, 15. But judgment shall return unto righteousness. And all the upright in heart shall follow it. Now this is profound. Because today people think, oh, he's upright before God. He, listen, remember, upright before God means there's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the only thing that can make us upright before God. Our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary makes us upright before God because that is God's righteous judgment on all sin. God's judgment toward all sin took place at Calvary. Right. So the Bible here says, Judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who are the upright in heart? Those who follow judgment that is returned to righteousness. It's not, it's not just a, 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 a man's message. It's not just a coincidence that God is, is calling his, his church back to faith and grace, biblical faith and grace, back to faith in the cross alone, back to what it takes to experience the power of God, the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a coincidence. We're living in the last few moments before Jesus comes and God is bringing his remnant together. Who are they? They're the upright in heart. Well, who are they? They're the ones who are coming back to the judgment that has returned unto righteousness. Remember, 
Jesus, when I come, it's going to be as in the days of Noah. What was God's focus in the days of Noah? Forget about the world. What was God's focus? A man preaching righteousness. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. That's what the Bible calls him. That was what God was doing. What's God going to be doing when His Son comes? He's going to be preaching righteousness through a few. That means pointing people to Calvary, not just to get saved, but to live saved, to have the fruit of righteousness every day in their lives. When our judgment returns to righteousness, then our hearts are upright before God. Not when we've got a name amongst each other that we're alive and upright before God. We're upright in experience. Now, I'm talking about experience. If you're saved, you're upright before God because you're in the only one who's ever been upright, and that's Christ. Amen. But there is a danger of not bearing fruit. Jesus taught it. The New Testament teaches it in other places that you can actually be cut off Romans chapter 11, and other scriptures. Not going to get into that today. But I want us to understand 90, Psalms 94, 15. But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. All these people that are flocking out of these religious, denominational things that men have built, I don't care how they started years ago, that's not what they are today. Forget the history. We're not living on the history of a denomination, are we? We're living by faith in Christ and the true, the true thing that happened in history. Hallelujah. When our judgment returns to righteousness, then we can walk in an upright place before God and bear the fruit of the Spirit that's only found in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, the only place God's Word is experienced in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Now, I know you're going to have to listen to this again. For those of you who are hungry, those of you who want to be sure, you're tired of all the fake, you're, you, God's showing you that's not real, that's not right, and God's showing some of you you're in it for the wrong reason. You're in it for the wrong reason. Some of you, things like this have to be said. Yes, most will be mad. In the days of Noah, did most get happy and get right? No, they didn't. They got washed away by a flood. The same thing's going to happen again in these last days. Well, Curtis, what makes you think you're right? Listen, I'm not right, but the Word of God is right. That's why people never refute what we say scripturally. They have to find something on us. They have to find something about us. They cannot refute the scripture that we teach and preach. You know, I, I was uh, in a place yesterday and I picked up a big book that thick and it looked very interesting. It was a massive commentary. Don't remember who it was by, but I always go to Romans chapter 6 verse 3 in commentaries because if they get that wrong, they're going to be distorted throughout the rest of their commentary. Not that they won't get anything right, but the, the, the sanctification process, they will not have it right. It will not be there if they get Romans 6.3 wrong. Know uh, ye not, as many of us have been baptized into Christ, have been baptized into his death. And the guy right there in his commentary said, this is not speaking of baptism into death. This is talking about water baptism. Well, I put the book back on the shelf, was grieved in my heart because those folks, I'm sorry for all the things they got right, praise God for it, but if they miss that, then they're not going to be, they cannot be a part of this last day's move where the people of God, their, 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 their judgment is returning to righteousness. That's good stuff. You, that's what the message of the cross is doing. It's bringing these folks who want their judgment to be proper judgment. Jesus told us our judgment must be righteous judgment. He taught it, did he not? John 7, 24. Don't judge based on outer appearance. That'll get you in trouble. That'll make you think you've got a name for yourself that you're alive. That'll make you think all sorts of things. Don't judge on outward appearance, but judge ye righteous judgment. It's the only way you can walk upright before God. Not because you think you are. Not because you want to be. But because your judgment has returned unto righteousness. 
Now let's look at something else while the Lord's laying it on my heart. 2 Corinthians 5 and 14. Don't even have this stuff in my notes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Watch this now. 2 Corinthians 5 and 14. For the love of Christ constrains us. Right there is where the church just floats off back there under the back pew and rolls around. The love of God. Oh, the love of God. I heard it on some radio station yesterday and they, they said, no matter what state you're in, God loves you. And they left it at that. Man, well, my Lord, somebody's God could be a tree frog. How can that help somebody? Unless you tell them what God did to show his love for them, what God did to manifest the love for them, how they can and actually step into that love, receive that love, and experience that love. Telling somebody God loves them, my Lord, their God may be a tree frog. It may be a, the moon. Or the, I mean, come on, somebody. You can't just tell folk God loves them. you got to tell folks God loved them so much he gave his only begotten son that he should take away the sin of the world for those that would believe upon him so they would never have to perish. I'm happy this morning. Glory to God. Truth will charge you up. It will light you up because it is the light of Christ. Watch this. For the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge. Because we, we make a proper judgment. What is that judgment? Here it comes. That if one died for all, then all were dead. And that he died for all that they which live should not live from now on unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. See where judgment goes? To Calvary. If your faith is in the cross of Christ alone, that means you're going to have to come out of those places that are trying to tell you what you got to do to get deliverance, what you got to do to get in the kingdom, what you got to do to have the power of God, what you have to do. 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 says, We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of God, that we might know the things He's freely offered us. I like the word freely. Everybody does except religious folks. They like to think they got to work for it. Wrong judgment. Righteous judgment is looking to Calvary and what God did in Christ to give me everything freely that he wants me to have. Doesn't mean I go home and get on a couch and, and become a couch potato and do nothing. No. I, listen, if my faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, I'm going to be an active participant by the Spirit of God in the body of Christ. I'm not going to be sitting at home declaring a bunch of stuff and not fruitful in the body of Christ. That is the grace revolution. It's nothing more than the word of faith. It's good to declare who you are in Christ. It's good to declare Scripture. But again, if that's not turning your heart toward returning your heart to a place of righteous judgment, which means faith in what Christ did at Calvary, and that allows the Holy Spirit to put you in motion and lead you in the path of righteousness... Confessing ain't no good. Confessing ain't no good unless there's a heart that... Listen, let me just get biblical on you. Let's, let's look at... Uh, I've got it. I do have this in my notes today. Uh, and the Lord's really showing me some things about Romans 10 and 10. How we've used that scripture as an initial point of salvation. And it is. Let's read it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Romans 10 and 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Without that heart believing unto righteousness at first, that mouth ain't doing a lick of good. The confession is nothing if the heart's not believing unto righteousness. A confession with the mouth of righteousness ain't going to get a thing done unless that heart is believing unto righteousness. It's with the heart man believes, not the lips. The lips confess, the heart believes. There ain't, let me say it country this morning because we all country. There ain't nary a man anywhere who's ever got anything from God by confessing with his lips. It is with the heart men believe unto, that's what gets us in the place, believing unto righteousness. And that's faith in Christ and Him crucified. It's the only avenue of righteousness. That is right. All right, we're good this morning. We're doing good. Amen. And I'm going to ask you right here in the middle of this teaching, don't just hit the like button. Don't just say, praise God, that's good. Help me share the gospel. Hit the share button. 
Push it out there. Folk need to hear this. Do you love them? Do you care about them more than what you think they will think about you? We don't care about what people think about us. We care about what He's to do through us. Help us publish the Word of God. When you start thinking thoughts like, well, he's the country, nobody will listen to him, there you've made a wrong judgment. When you, when you give any reason as why you cannot hit the share button and share and help us publish the gospel, you've made a wrong judgment. Well, I might get fired from my job. Wrong judgment. This message is more important than your job. Well, if I, man, if I share something like this, no telling what my family would do to me, that proves you're not a disciple. You've placed what people in your family think about you more than the work of Christ. I'm just, it's biblical. Put mother, father before me, Jesus said, brother, sister, whoever, you're not worthy of me. You can't be my disciple. Disciple means learner. Come on, somebody, just trying to help you into the work of God by hitting that shot. I know what it's like to have a, a fear. I remember what it was like back in 1994 as a Christian and how fear and trembling came on me to wear a Christian t-shirt to work. I mean, you don't just step in with the massive boldness that a 40-year Christian ought to have. You come in with a, a, a fear and trembling. I remember sitting at my work table on my job and at the very beginning studying the Word of God at break and I'd see somebody coming out of my peripheral vision and I'd push the Bible away from me and, and talk to them. You know, I'm talking about baby Christian. I'm talking about not knowing. I'm talking about fear. But it got to a point where I'd see people coming and I'd say, come here, I want to show you something. <laughs> and they'd stop walking by. They'd start going way around unless the Lord was drawing them and they wanted to hear what the Bible had to say. Amen. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say? It's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And then the mouth. And let me say this. If the mouth ain't speaking it, the heart ain't believing it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever we're full of, and Jesus taught we ought to, those that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness will be filled. And if the heart is being filled by the Spirit with His righteousness, and it, and it will be if our faith is right, then our mouths will be speaking that which is correct, that which is good, that which is righteous, that which is truth. Because that's what the Spirit is going to speak. All right, where are we here? Okay, let's just move on a little bit with that thought right there. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. Now, we're talking about righteousness, of course, but we started out today in Ephesians 6.14, the Lord telling us to stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate, because we're talking about the heart, the breastplate was the piece of armor on the good soldier that covers the heart, protects the heart. The breastplate of righteousness. And again, it's with the heart men believe under righteousness. Therefore, I want to bring this scripture to you, and you've heard it out of me through the years over and over, but it's just the light's getting brighter. How many of you know certain scriptures, the light just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. You ain't got everything you need this morning out of one verse. You might have got something that made you jump up and say hallelujah, but I got some good news for you this morning. That jump up and hallelujah can get louder and more excited because God's word is eternal and can only get brighter to the heart that's believing it in its proper context. But Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 tells us something we have to do in the faith. Not to have faith, not to be saved, but because we are saved and our faith is right, we have to keep our heart with all diligence. Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. You know, I've heard Brother Larson teach on this several times. We have to position ourselves. We have to go to church. Position ourselves under a gift to be able to be equipped for the work of the ministry. We, we have to sit under a gift. 
Ephesians chapter 4. To be equipped for the work of the ministry until we all come in the unity of the faith so we won't just keep jumping on every bandwagon, a false doctrine that drives through town. That's what Ephesians 4 teaches. But watch this. We have to study the Word of God. These are things the Word tells us to do. If we position ourselves as a student in the Word, as a church-going child of God, as if we position ourselves as people who pray, not to get saved, but because we are. We do what our Heavenly Father leads us to do, commands us to do. So, I need to say these things today. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep your heart with, with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. The blame game is over when you become a Christian. Your eyes are open. It has not been your wife's fault. It has not been your husband's fault. It has not been your boss's fault. It has not been everybody that you blamed. You have been to blame out of your own heart. Yes, people do ugly things to us. People say ugly things to us. God is centered in, honed in on, and interested in what you're going to do as a response to all that. That's exactly right. But our response to anything going on in our lives is the issue with God. He tells us right here, what comes out of your own heart is the issue in your life. Not what they said. Yes, they said it. It was ugly and it hurt you. Yes. But the issue about all this, God says, is what comes out of your heart in the midst of all this. Guard your heart with all diligence. And again, Jesus taught those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. If you're filled, if we fill this bottle of water, uh, this, this water bottle with water, we can't put another drop of anything in it. It'll just run over and fall out. And whatever it's filled with water, when it's squeezed, water's going to come out. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ and you've learned to love righteousness and you hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's, righteousness is not doing what you feel is right. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of God at work. I love God to work in my life. I love to see God working in these issues that are real and ugly and vile coming out of my heart that which God has filled my heart with, not what the world and my flesh has filled my heart with. So I have to guard my heart. Guard it. You have to, and it says, keep your heart with all diligence. And the folks who do that, in any situation, yes, the first thought might be, I'm going to rip your head off. That may be your first and initial thought, and I'll be honest with you, most of the time it is for most people, but there's that Holy Spirit check. There's that Holy Spirit conviction because that's His opportunity to bring forth His fruit instead of you sowing to the flesh and reaping corruption. So we have to keep our heart in those, in those circumstances, those tests, those trials. I have to keep my heart, what's that mean? Unto God in the faith, unto, unto Christ and His work so that the grace of God can continually flow into my life. And let me explain that. So God can keep doing what God does in me and through me because that's what grace is. And I won't run off and make some judgment that's not righteous judgment. Because to punch somebody in the eye or to get out of the car and go bless them out and give them a piece of what we call our mind uh, is not righteous judgment. Well, bless God, they didn't have a right to do that. In God's eyes, you don't have a right to do what you did to them. And in his eyes, in his mind, in his plan toward us, it's not about what they do to you. He says, leave that to me. I'll take care of that. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'm only interested in what's coming out of your heart. Because that's, that's your issue. See, this good this morning. Mm. And it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness.
Then with mouth, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now let's talk a little bit about this, this loin belt. Not getting into the whole armor teaching, but the loin belt is, is called truth. And it's the most important thing. Because without truth, and God's word is truth, as long as it's in the context of the man who said, I am the truth, and what he did at Calvary to make it experiential truth to me. Remember, James said God's word is the law of liberty, and we're either allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us and to impart to us the liberty, the peace, the joy, the provision Christ died to freely give us, or we're thinking we got to work for it under the letter of the law, which is related uh, to the law. You got that? If you're working for something from God, you're not experiencing newness of spirit. You're still trying to work for something. Not going to get it either. So the most important thing is truth. And here's another. I know this is a lot of scripture this morning, but it's the same scriptures over and over and over and over through the years that you need to know, you need to have in your heart. This, these are what you need to fill your heart with. Scriptures that allow the Holy Spirit offers you to show you the path your own is right or to convict you the other way. See, the Holy Spirit convicts us that's a positive and a negative. He convicts me that I need to go to church. He convicts me of what I need to preach. He also convicts me of looking the wrong way at something I shouldn't be and trying to veer off and go the wrong way. His conviction is just that. It's the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's conviction. Remember, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, He's going to convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. He convicts us of righteousness and sin and judgment. Yes, he does. Not just the world, but even us. Yes, he does. So, he sure does. so watch this. Proverbs 12 and 17. You've heard me teach this before, and, and I will stick with these scriptures till I'm with the Lord. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Righteousness cannot be seen without the truth. Here we have the confirmation of what was said earlier. There is no breastplate of righteousness without the loin belt of truth. Truth is what brings forth righteousness. Jesus is the truth. What he did at the cross is what makes him our truth and our righteousness when our faith is in his work there alone. So he that speaks truth shows forth, look at what it says, righteousness. That's his righteousness. The truth points to that. The truth is Christ. So it's not what we work for. It's, it's the righteousness that is of God by the faith of Christ. That's what Paul wrote. That I may be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is by the law, what I do and what I work for, but the righteousness which is of God by faith of Jesus Christ. Think about that. This, this one scripture, Proverbs 12 and 17, for all of us who know that truth is Christ and him crucified, not just the word of God, but the word of God is truth, and it is in righteousness as long as it's in the context of the man who said, I am the truth, and what he did that makes him our righteousness initially and righteous fruit daily. And somebody said, Amen. This is how we know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to us or not. This is how we know we're sitting under a proper preacher or not. Not talking about preachers who get up and make mistakes and say something wrong every once in a while. I'm talking about preachers who are not speaking truth. Yes, they're using the Bible. I'm sure the church in Sardis was too, but Jesus called them dead. You can't have a name that you're alive without using the Word of God because that's how the devil and everybody fakes people out with the Word of God. Think about that this morning. Things to ponder on. This is how we know if it's the Spirit of God. I hear all kind of things. This is how you know it's the Spirit of God. You know it's the Spirit of God if, yeah. if righteousness is being seen. That's right. it's right here in our Bibles. He that speaks truth 
Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to speak and reveal truth to you. Well, what, what's the result of that? Showing His righteousness. Where do you have to look to see it? The Word of God in the context of Him and what He did at Calvary. If you're not looking to Calvary, there will be no righteousness. There will be none initially. There will be none daily. You have to look to the cross. That's where we have to fight the good fight of faith, not a fight against sin, not a fight against the devil, not a fight against flesh and blood, a fight to guard my own heart to make sure my own heart is kept diligently with its faith in the cross that it continues to believe unto the righteous work of Christ at Calvary. That's what diligently keeping your heart is all about. Not just making sure you don't get in the flesh when they get in the flesh and go home and say, well, at least I didn't get in the flesh today. I, I held myself back. And, uh, no, listen. The fight and to keep our heart is to keep it believing unto righteousness, which is what Christ did at Calvary. Hallelujah. No, brother, that's not it. It's to fight. It's to keep my heart diligently so that, so that I'll keep doing righteous things. No, that ain't going to work for you, buddy. That ain't going to work for you, buddy. The only thing that allows the Holy Spirit to bring you grace, which is really means to allow Him to function in your life in the way He was sent to function in your life, is if you keep your faith in the cross. That's it. When you move your faith from there, Paul told the church in Galatia, you, you, you've, you've removed yourself from Him. You've fallen from grace, which is the place the Holy Spirit's allowed to do what He was sent to do. Christ can now lo no longer profit you or affect you. I get tired of preachers saying, well, He can still do a little. No, no, He can't. If you're out of the faith, all He can do is point you back to the faith. If you're off the path, all He can do is point you back to the path because the Word of the Lord is right. And all His works are done in truth. They're done by who? The Holy Spirit who works the Word of God into the heart that's believing it as truth in righteousness so that He can bring forth His Holy Spirit fruit, fruit of the Spirit, which is where? In all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's why it's got to be all wrapped up in Christ and what He did at Calvary. Not some church denominational rulings, legislatures, all these things of men. Not what we do, but what Christ did at Calvary. Not just to get us in, but to keep us in. To bear forth the fruits of His righteousness. So let's look at this again. I hope you've got it highlighted in your Bibles. Orange, yellow, green, blue, whatever color. It needs to stick out. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. And that is not of ourselves. If it's our righteousness, and it is, if we're doing something ourselves in a laborious manner to get righteousness from God, we're doing it ourselves. it boomerangs as self-righteousness. If our faith is in the work of Christ, it's because He's the truth. He, when you know what Christ who He is and what He did at Calvary, Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Free from sin. And a servant of righteousness. Romans 6. Man, this, this is what some people would call deep this morning, but the only reason some people would call it deep is because we've been ingrained in what's wrong. Listen, our focus has been wrong for years. Even us who are Pentecostal, our focus has been the Holy Spirit. Our focus, the fo if your focus is the Holy Spirit, you have a blurred focus. And the Holy Spirit cannot clear up your eyesight until your vision becomes Jesus again. Not just saying it with your lips, but when your heart is turned toward Him and His work at Calvary, then the Holy Spirit begins to clear the vision and, and, and show you uh, the Word of God as a lamp for your feet and a light for your path, which is a path of righteousness. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. Those who open the Bible and don't point to Calvary cannot be showing the righteousness of God. Can't happen. And I listen, 99.9% of all ministers in pulpits today do not open their Bibles and point to Calvary. 
And if they're not doing that, all they're putting on the table is what will result in ungodliness and unrighteousness. Remember what Paul wrote to the church in Rome in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, all who hold the truth of God in an unrighteous context, the wrath of God from heaven is revealed against, it doesn't say them, it says against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. It means that God's not going to be found working in that. God the Holy Spirit is who works in our lives. And if He's working, it's in truth, it's all goodness, and it's in righteousness because only from there can He bring forth the fruit. And we read it earlier. It's in Ephesians 5 and 9 if you missed the first part of the, the teaching session today. This is really burning in my heart more now at the end of this session than it was at the beginning. Powerful, powerful today. Righteousness is what God is looking for. Think about that. When he, when he himself in his pre-incarnate form approached Abraham, he, he, he said there at the end of chapter 18 in Genesis uh, to his two angels that he had with him before they went and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, shall we do a thing before we tell Abraham about it? Well, why would he even say that about Abraham? Because Abraham was his friend and he tells right there, I encourage you sometime later, read Genesis 18 at the end of it. You'll see that he tells Abraham what he's going to do for the purpose of Abraham getting focused on what he's focused on, and that's his righteousness. Abraham said, you, you, I know you're not going to destroy an entire city of the wicked if there's some righteous among them. He said, he said, if I can find 50, I won't destroy it. And Abraham began to intercede. Well, what about 45? I won't destroy it if I find 45. Well, what about 40? I won't destroy it. He got him down to what was it? And then he said, I'll see you later. See, the Lord already knew there was only one man in that city righteous. And that was Lot. I'm telling you something, folks, today. God's looking for the fruit of His righteousness. He's looking for the fruit of His righteousness. I know we're in Christ at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. That's our position. But God looks from heaven and He's looking for the fruit of His righteousness. He's looking for those who have an upright heart before Him and they are only the ones who have returned their judgment to righteousness. They've come back to the way of the cross. It cannot exist any other way. Any other way is just what we call feelings and emotions and what we feel like is right. That's why after Christ reigns for a thousand years in righteousness, makes war in righteousness, after a thousand years of no wars, no weapons of war, grapes that big, tomatoes that big, watermelons so big you can't carry them home, you got to eat them right there in the patch. Listen, after a thousand years of living in peace, the devil's going to be released from the bottomless pit for a short season and draw as many people again as there are sands on the seashore to to come against the king of peace. Why? Because we just want to do what we feel is right and we really don't like the righteousness of God. But those who do learn to love the righteousness of God that comes from the word of God through faith in the only one who's ever been righteous, the living word of God, the son of God, the lamb of God, they're going to return their judgment to righteousness and experience what it means to have an upright heart before God. I didn't say that we're perfect by any means here in this condition, but the heart can be upright before God. That's why he tells us to guard it with all diligence. All diligence, for out of it comes the issues. Let's say it a better way. Out of it comes the very fruit of our lives here on earth. Think about it. it the good news is, I mean, it is a uh-oh and whoa, scary thought when we think about where we were before God brought us out and how many millions or billions are still there today bowing, worshiping rocks, 
uh, which is obvious, idol worship, are those who are sitting in church with a name that they're alive, but the Lord says they're dead because their faith is no longer in the sacrifice of Christ. Well, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. i got to tell you anyway, we're out of time. It's been a great hour of teaching. I hope it's all got recorded. I pray, we're praying for you. We're praying for the church. A lost world would be harvested into the barn of God. We're praying for a backslidden church. I know God is bringing a remnant of His people out of religion and all sorts of bondages and there will be a mighty shaking in the days of head unlike any we've even experienced in the past. But in that shaking, God God is going to be drawing his remnant to himself. Those that will repent and come back to faith and grace, those that will come back to the true context of God's word, not his interpretation, their interpretation, the interpretation of the scriptures, the context of the scriptures is righteousness. Hallelujah. We love you. God bless you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you next time.